0: All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Last Sunday of 2020. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's right. All right. Boy, Uh, time certainly flies, uh, goes by fast, doesn't it? Well, um, take your Bibles here this morning. I'd like you to turn to Daniel chapter number 12. Daniel chapter number 12. And if you have been in our adult Sunday school class the past couple weeks, you know that we have been looking at. This last prophetic uh, vision that God had given Daniel—it's actually in the last three chapters of the book of Daniel. And so we're going to be in Daniel chapter number twelve once again. Last week we talked about and studied uh, the first verse of this chapter, which was dealing with the tribulation period. And may recall that that period begins when the great prince, as talked about in verse number one—that's Michael, the archangel. Uh, he is the one that stands up, or he arises, that's what the word stand up means, to arise, and he will arise to act on behalf of uh, the nation of Israel, and we know that the point that Michael is going to arrive, the archangel, it's t- t- uh, talked about in 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 4 and verse 16, we love this verse, it talks about how the lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of god and the dead in christ shall be raised first and so uh, we are waiting uh to hear that voice the voice of michael the archangel that's talking about the rapture as christians and that is uh what begins this tribulation period uh, it starts the tribulation period, and we know that it's also at that same time, the time when uh, those that know Christ as their Savior are, are called up into the clouds to meet the Lord, uh, we know at that same time the Antichrist will come onto the scene. He will be revealed, and we know it also starts this time of the tribulation, a time of really unparalleled trouble here on earth a time that last week we, we said it's really a time of Jacob's trouble or a time of it that uh, the Jacob's uh, or Israel uh, will be troubled. And we can take comfort in knowing that if you know Christ as your Savior, you're not going to go through this tribulation period. Bible's very clear that we're going to be raptured up beforehand, but those that are here on earth are going to go through a terrible time. Uh, the Great Tribulation begins in the middle part of that seven year period, Daniel's seventieth week. and this is when um, you know the heat is turned up, so to speak, in particular on the nation of Israel. But we know that it's it's um, really for a short period of time, seven years of tribulation, and we know that at the end of that, the antichrist his reign will come to an end israel will be delivered and that will happen when jesus christ returns to earth when he steps foot there on the mount of olives the israel will will see the jesus returning and they will um, their eyes will be opened and as a result they are going to be delivered they're going to be saved and um you know deliverance is through jesus christ it is today. It's through Jesus Christ. The Jews are going to be saved the same way that you and I can be saved. It's through faith and trust in Jesus. It's by grace uh, and through faith in Christ. And so that is what we looked at uh, last week, was the tribulation period, or really this time of this great tribulation in verse number one. But I want to direct your attention to the next verse, you know, we've talked about how during the tribulation period, there's going to be tremendous physical death. And that will happen as a result of many different forms. There is, of course, going to be wars. The Bible talks about that. We, we talked about how there's uh, several wars that are going to take place on earth during the tribulation period. And those ro- wars are going to result in a lot of physical death. There's going to be pestilence that that happens, famines on earth, and pestilence or pandemics. That's what the word pestilence means is pandemic. Persecution will, uh, especially uh, dealing with God's people, um, is going to be ratcheted up. There is going to be tremendous physical death during the uh, tribulation period. And uh, Brother Ackerman, maybe skip me forward one slide, if you will. But you know, in the Bible, physical death is referred to as falling asleep. And um, certainly for uh, for the believer, the term "sleep" though refers only to body sleep. Okay, and and uh, when a person dies, the Bible uh, tells us that their physical body. When a person dies, their physical body returns to the earth. After all, if you know uh, this, how God created man, he, he, uh, he breathed uh, life into man. But we are really dust. We are dirt. Um, in fact, Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 19, the Bible says, In the sweat of thy, fa- thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and dust shalt thou return. We know this is God talking to Adam after he had sinned. And he's telling him, you know, I created you out of the dust. When, you're, when you die, your body is going to return to the ground. Also, uh, the book of Ezekiel talks about how the physical body returns to the ground. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse number 7 says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. Talking about uh, that last chapter there in his, uh, Ecclesiastes, Solomon writing, just how feeble life really is. And, um, you know, it's so, it's, it's so short. But nonetheless, you know, in the, um, the body, the physical body will return to the earth. Now, in the Bible, there is no such thing as soul sleep. It's a term you may have heard uh, where the soul sleeps. That's, uh, it, it's never talked about. Uh, when a person dies, their body returns to the ground. It returns to the earth. But the soul and spirit, soul and spirit are the everlasting parts of a person. They go either to be with the Lord as 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us. Or, if not with to be with the Lord, then they go to a place called hell. Luke chapter 16 tells us of a rich man who died and lifted up his eyes in a place of torment called hell. And so we know that the physical body, everyone's physical body will return to the earth, but their soul, their spirit the everlasting parts go to one of two places. Now, the important point for all of us and everyone to uh, understand is, you know, where your soul and spirit go, really, uh, at, at a person's physical death, depends on whether the person is saved or lost. That's what determines where your soul, where your spirit goes. Now, getting back, or getting to uh, our our text here in Daniel chapter number 12 and verse number two. This morning, I'd like us to, um, Brother Ackerman, once again, I've lost control. There you go. We're going to look at the, the great resurrection in verse number two. Verse number two, let me read this. So understanding what happens when a person dies with their physical body, we know it returns to the ground it returns to the dust Um, verse number one I just uh, this is what we talked about last week and looked at we know that and let me just read verses one and two so we have the complete context here of what Daniel is being told and says at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people and there shall be a time of trouble this is the tribulation such as never was since a nation even to that same time, and at that time thy people shall be delivered, Israel, every one that shall be found written in the book. Verse number two, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. I want to Look at this topic of the great um, resurrection. And this verse here in verse number two tells us that in what Daniel is is, uh, written here, some are going to awake to everlasting life and some to everlasting contempt. And so the verse clearly states that there, there are two different resurrections that happen. Um, Now, I want to look at some other scripture that talks about these two resurrections. It's not just talked about here in the book of Daniel. Jesus, let's first go to what Jesus said when he was on earth. And over in the gospel, according to John chapter 5 and verse 28, notice what Jesus uh, had said. Jesus said, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, for the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth that they have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Jesus himself talked about these, these two different resurrections. Two separate resurrections. One where the body is going to await. To life, the other, though, to damnation. Now, the first resurrection is for the saved. And this is described further for us in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 and verse number 16. That's where we'll begin. It speaks of what will happen when Michael shouts. We just talked about this. Jesus descends into the clouds. Not to earth. He comes to the clouds. This is speaking of the rapture. It's, and we just, uh, I, I had read this earlier. We read this verse last week. But we'll read the next verse. It says, For the Lord himself, in verse 16, shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And, notice this, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be, or so shall we ever be with the Lord. You know, we're, we're going to go back to this first resurrection in more detail. But uh, what I want you to notice, first of all, we're talking about there's two different resurrections. The first is for those that know the Lord, for those that are saved. This first resurrection is for those that are saved. Now, the second resurrection that is talked about not only by Daniel, but also Jesus talked about the second resurrection unto damnation. But the second resurrection is for the lost. And this is described for us further in Revelation chapter number 20. Revelation chapter number 20 and... um, this is about those that have died in their sins. Um, verse number five tells us, but the rest of the dead live not. These are those that have died in their sins. If, when you read the context of the chapter, but, but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. Verse number 13 of chapter 20 tells us and talks about this second resurrection. It says, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works now the this passage in revelations is describing the moment when the dead small and great stand before god the bible speaks of in this very chapter you can look at look at it for yourself but it talks about how the small dead or the, the, those that are um, small and great, they're all going to stand before God and uh, God is going to open up the books. One of those books will be the book of life. And the dead will be judged out of the things that are written in the books according to their works. This is uh, the great white throne judgment that is talked about. And, you know, if you're standing at the great white throne judgment, there is no hope for life at this judgment time. No hope for eternal life. No hope for a person entering heaven. It's simply a judgment of uh, that will condemn you to the lake of fire. Uh, they're simply going to be judged and found guilty not having their names found written in the book of life, and then they will be uh, cast into the lake of fire. Now, these two resurrections... The first being for those that are saved. The second, for those that are lost. These two resurrection events are actually separated in time by a thousand years. Now, you wouldn't know this by looking in verse number 2 of Daniel chapter 12. As we look at verse number 2 once again, Daniel writes, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And reading that verse you wouldn't know that there is a thousand year gap between these two resurrections. Um, again, from Daniel's perspective they see uh, he sees them as seemingly uh, concurrent events as you read the book of Daniel. But this really gets back to what is known as the law of perspective and the old testament prophets as they looked out and they had prophecy they they saw things out into the future now they saw the major events and that many old testament prophets and we just uh, got through uh, um, celebrating jesus's birth many old testament prophets saw uh, jesus's birth his first coming to the earth That would be that first little mountaintop. They could see that, and then uh, they could see his death, another mountaintop there. Many prophets saw that. But as they get further and further out into their future, the events start to look together. Have you ever noticed that when looking at a mountain range and you can see one mountain and uh, they look like they're seemingly right next to each other, but from a distance, you wouldn't know that they're separated by some um, some large distance. And that's exactly what uh, this law of perspective uh, here in verse number two. This is what's going on. He sees two resurrections, and he sees them happening at the same time, or so he thinks. But really, and I want to show you that these resurrections, the one uh for those that are saved the resurrection of those that are lost is separated by a thousand years you know we just had um when was it it was uh this past week um wasn't it what planet it was saturn and jupiter was it yeah so these two um planets were aligned in the sky i think the day that it happened it was an extremely cloudy miserable day here in oregon right did anyone see uh get a glimpse? of the two planets maybe um maybe you saw a picture but i think this past week it happens every uh 20 years saturn and jupiter um get really close together in the sky now did you know that saturn and jupiter aren't even close to one another they are depending on you know over 400 million miles apart from one another but i think the the um it was called the great conjunction or they merged in the sky now you wouldn't know that right from our perspective it looked i think uh, i didn't see it but i think with them in the sky they were too close it looked like one really bright star uh or bright planet and but yet they're 400 million miles apart not even close you can't even get there in that's light years away um and so, this is the, 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 um, the law of perspective. Now, for Daniel, he is seeing these two resurrections, and they're far apart. But they, they, he writes as though they're happening at the same time. Now, we've got the two different resurrections. One for those that are saved, Jesus talked about it, and one for the lost. You want to be part of the first resurrection. The Bible says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they that shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. You want to be part of the first resurrection. Those that are a part of this first resurrection will rule and reign with christ on earth during his millennial kingdom that thousand year kingdom now what i want us to to look at in a little bit more detail here this morning is this first resurrection you know if you if you are saved um this morning and I, I trust most of you are you know i understand there are two resurrections you're not going to be a part of the second resurrection you're going to be part of that first one Um, but the first resurrection has stages and this is what i want us to to really look at here this morning and study there are in fact separate parts to this first resurrection and let me explain this by first reading first corinthians chapter number 15 In verse 22, here Paul is writing to the church, and he says, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Christ the firstfruits afterward, they that are at Christ's coming. Every man in his own order. Remember when Paul wrote the uh, the scripture i think it was also in to the church in corinth where he said behold i show you a mystery a mystery because um the believers at that time thought christ was going to return at any moment to set up his kingdom but paul wrote behold i show you a mystery we shall not all um or we shall uh, i mean i think he's we're not all um Behold, I show you, we're not all going to die. They, had, they didn't know the, the teaching of the rapture. Um, he wrote, uh, there are some believers that will not have to experience that physical death. There, He was teaching them on um, the, the point of the rapture. Many believers um, had died um, had died, they had fallen asleep in Christ, and, and, uh, but some are going to be caught up in the rapture. And that's what, notice in this verse, but every man in his own order. His own order. But notice also it says, Christ the firstfruits. And so these steps or these uh, stages um, that are talked about in the Word of God, let's, let's look at this this first resurrection and i know it's a little small up there um, for those in the back they can just turn around and look at the screen if that's helpful but we have two resurrections the second happens at the end of the millennial reign at the end of the thousand year reign that's when they're going to be um, uh, have experience their resurrection the sea will give up the dead and they're going to stand before God in the great white throne judgment. But for believers, for those that know Christ, the first resurrection has stages. Now, the Bible is very clear that Christ is the firstfruits. That's the stage uh, stage one here. Christ, the firstfruits. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, it says, For I delivered unto you, uh, first of all... The, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. You understand that is the good news. That is the gospel. The gospel message. Without Christ dying on the cross, being buried, and then rising again, there is no first resurrection. You understand that? Christ was the first fruits. He was the first to be risen. And without that, we would have no hope. We would have no hope of eternal life if Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead. If he didn't rise from the grave. And, uh, I mean, if he couldn't rise himself from the dead, how could he uh, give us resurrected life? And so Jesus Christ is the first fruits. That's what scripture tells us. He was the first. But then the second um, part of this, the second stage, so to speak, will happen at the rapture. Now getting back to, I I don't have these scripture verses up on the screen for you. I'll read them to you. But back in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse uh, 23, the very end of that tells us that Christ was the first one that rose. Christ the first fruits. But then in verses 51 and 52 of uh, 1 Corinthians 15. jesus or, uh, It's not Jesus. Paul goes on and writes. Saying, behold I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall be changed. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound. And the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed changed in the fact that we will receive new incorruptible bodies no longer will we have these these physical bodies that have ailments that have sores at the moment of the rapture understand those that have died in christ they're gonna have new bodies they're going to be raised incorruptible. We who remain will be changed, the Bible says. Now, notice that this first resurrection actually follows the pattern of a harvest as described back in the Old Testament. You know, many things that are talked about in the Old Testament, uh, whether it be some of the sacrifices, um, things of that nature, Many things that are, are talked about have uh, are, are pictures, right? They're pictures for us, and the picture that is given in uh, back in Leviticus chapter twenty-three, Leviticus chapter number twenty-three, and verse number ten. Uh, God says to to Moses, here, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, when ye become into the land which I give unto you ye shall reap the harvest thereof then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest so what god has told moses is when you get into the land you're going to have a harvest you need to tell the people that the first fruits of that harvest so the the very first part of that harvest you, you need to tell them they need to bring that to the priest bring that uh, to the priest now um, what is God trying to picture here what, is, what kind of picture is he telling us now this is a command well he's simply saying God has to be first God needs to be first in the Old Testament the priests were to receive the first fruits of the harvest and this was God's plan this was God's way of b- making sure the priests were taken care of, they had to receive the first fruits. Uh, they didn't have a, uh, 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 they didn't have their own harvest. No, they were busy in the temple. They were busy serving the Lord. But God took care of the priests through this command: the first fruits go to the Lord. You give them to the priests. Today it's really no different. God's ministers are supported by the tithe the tithe um, has been it's that's by the way that's an old testament uh principle uh, as well as a new testament principle but the tithe where does that go you bring it to uh not to the the priest or the temple we don't have that we have the local church and that is supposed to be first and uh why is that Well, it, it, first what do you mean by that well Means you don't pay all of your bills, you don't um, take care of your own needs or personal expenses. No, God comes first, and the tithe is means tenth. That is first. Now the picture that God had given Israel back and written here in Leviticus is that the first fruits go to the Lord. Um, you know the there are stages. Described in the first resurrection. Who came first? God or Christ, Jesus. Christ rose first. Christ is the first fruits. And so the stages in this first resurrection is God came first. Of course, without Jesus Christ rising from the dead, there is no first resurrection. But the pattern here follows the pattern of a harvest. And so God comes first. Jesus was the first, Christ the first fruits. But then, what follows? And this is really the reaping of the harvest. If you were um, doing a harvest that uh, back in the Old Testament, uh, back in Leviticus, they were instructed: the first fruits go to the priest. Then, they can reap the rest of the harvest. Well, the reaping of the rest of the harvest. This uh, would occur, and this ha- this happens at the rapture of the saints. We t- we already read scripture on this: the dead in Christ will rise, and those that are here on earth will be caught up. That is the harvest. So you have Christ, the first fruits, the harvest, and then the the last uh, part is this gleaning. Back in Leviticus, getting back to the Old Testament and the picture that was given to us. Back in the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 19 this time, verse number 9. Moses, again, writing here and he says. We know he had spoken to the children of Israel saying, when you reap your harvest, the first fruits go to the to the priest to take care of God's work, then you can gather up your harvest, but. In Leviticus chapter 19 and verse number nine, it says, And when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest. Now, what are gleanings? It's the leftover parts. It's and and we know this, I think it's in the book of Ruth. Ruth. Remember, she went out and she was gathering the gleanings and and so as the the farmers would reap the harvest they wouldn't get every last piece of the crop they'd leave some um leave some and there was a reason for that uh, back then but notice uh that that was in that was the instruction uh, that was given and the gleanings here getting back to the stages of the first resurrection there's It's not all at once. There's Christ, the first one to rise from the dead. He was the first. Then you have the rapture. At that point, that is the the harvest. That's when most who have uh, those through uh, that have died in Christ, their bodies are going to be raised. You have us uh, those that are left. Hopefully it's us. We're going to be caught up. We're going to receive new glorified incorruptible bodies but there is the gleaning now who is going to be raised in this first resurrection who are the gleanings well these are those martyrs during the daniel's 70th week those during the tribulation period because they weren't they were they weren't part of the the rapture they weren't part of that but at the end they will be resurrected. The Bible tells us this, and over in Revelation now, if you want to turn there, sorry, I don't have these verses up there. Revelation chapter 6, verse number 9. John uh, has received this vision. In verse number 9 of Revelation chapter number 6, it says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And verse number 11 tells us that the... the these are these are the souls of them that have died during the tribulation. Many will die. Uh, if uh, many, there will be some that get saved during the tribulation. Young kids that have grown up—they maybe they weren't—they they will come to know the truth. Um, not those that have had an opportunity and have rejected Christ. They won't. But there will be some few. This, they will be part of the gleanings. But verse number 11 says that these martyrs, those that have been slain for the word of God, at verse 11 says, and white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that shall be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And um, then in chapter 7, maybe turn a page or look over chapter 7, verse 13. It says, And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the lamb and so there it tells us that those that are in white robes are those that have that were um, that went through the tribulation period and they were martyrs and so um, so we have these stages christ the first fruits the first resurrection the first resurrection is those that have been saved those that know christ as their savior and but there's parts to it. There's stages. Christ was the first, but then the harvest is going to be when, when we hear the voice of the archangel call us up. That's when the harvest is going to happen, and um, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, will be caught up. We will receive new bodies. But there's the gleaning part, and this is for those that have trusted Christ during the tribulation period they will receive their resurrected bodies at that time at the end of the tribulation so two resurrections you want to be part of the first because it is for the people of god the second resurrection is a judgment of the unbelievers their bodies will be they will be raised but oh it's not to receive a new incorruptible body it's to stand before God in the great white throne judgment, and um, that is for the unbelievers. Now um, we have a li- we have a few more minutes. I want to um, just direct your attention. Getting back to Daniel chapter number number uh, twelve, verse number thirteen. Verse number thirteen here we see the promise that is given concerning Daniel's own resurrection. Verse number 13, Daniel is told, he says, But go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the day. So this is uh, concluding here, the uh, this chapter and this prophecy. Daniel is told that um, he's told thou shalt rest. And this is... Uh, Really, a a prophecy speaking of his death. Now, Daniel knew that many of these things were going to happen. He wasn't going to be around physically to see them. And so he's being told, you're going to rest. And uh, we know that in Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, um, it says, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. And their works do follow them. You know there are many, many throughout the history of mankind, many believers that have rested. It means they've um, they've died in the Lord, and the Bible says they're at rest, and uh, they're not laboring like you and I. We ought to be laboring for the Lord. We have opportunity to labor for Him now, but there are many that have died. They are given rest, and Daniel here is being told, <laughs> uh, "You're not going to see the rapture. <laughs> you are going to experience physical death, but it's a it's a it's a rest. The dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Um, and then, so the, thou shalt rest." It speaks of his death, but um, it also says, "And stand in thy lot at the end of of the days." and I believe that is speaking about his future, Daniel's future resurrection. Job um, 19 said, I know my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter days upon the earth. Um, you know, here's, here's what I wanted to point out. You know, Daniel is such an amazing figure to, to study in the word of God. From a young age, he purposed in his heart that he was going to serve the Lord. He wasn't going to defile himself. Society was going one way. He stayed firm and committed. You know, there's, there's uh, and I've mentioned this, the Bible does not record, we know Daniel was a sinner just like each one of us, but the Bible does not record, uh, you know, any sin that Daniel committed, like King David. We know we can think of many positive things about David, And we can also think of some negatives. Um, But you see, Daniel served the Lord. And if anyone could get, and we know at the time he's writing this, he is an elderly man. Probably not too far off from his physical death. But he didn't, God didn't say, okay, um, kick back, retire. You see, there's no retiring in the work of the Lord god never instructed daniel to retire you've done enough for me no um that's not he simply stated go thy way until the end you know we too are told that same thing to serve christ until the end there were many talked about in the book of hebrews faithful people of faith they obtained a good report of faith and um 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 6, Paul wrote he had fought a good fight but the time of his departure was at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course I have kept the faith and henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day and not to me only but to all them that love his appearing. Daniel was not told Okay, this is the last prophecy I'm giving you, so write this down and then you're done. You can be done. He said, nope, just keep serving until the end. Um, faithful service, go thy way. Daniel's told to go his way till the end. And I, I believe the reference to Daniel's lot here probably refers to his service for God in the coming millennial kingdom of Christ. You know, God has promised uh, many wonderful things to those that are saved. And one of them, one of the things God has promised to faithful Christians is that they will reign with him during his millennial kingdom and be given tasks, given duties during that time. You understand what will determine what you do for the Lord during the thousand year reign is being determined right now. What you're doing for God today Determines what you will do for him and what position you will be given during his millennial reign. That ought to motivate us uh, all to get busy for the Lord. Time is short. You know, if you know Christ as your Savior, you're going to be part of this first resurrection. You don't even need to worry about the second um, that will happen. You'll be part of the first resurrection. Whether... You'll be one of those physical bodies that have returned to the dust of the earth. Like so many, like so many, their bodies have gone to back to the earth, such as Daniel. Daniel's body is going to be resurrected. Or, and this is I think all of our prayers, that we'll be those saints that are, won't have to go through that physical death, but will be raptured up. One way or another, will be part of the first resurrection. But we all should be working to receive a good report. Working for a good report. Because, you know, that will carry on into, um, you know, not only the rewards that you'll receive, but what you will be able, your responsibility that you will be given during the thousand-year millennial reign. That is determined in the here and now. Serving our Savior as long as he gives us breath to do it. No retirement in Daniel. God just said, keep going until the end. He knew, I mean, God knew when he was going to call him home. But that's that should be our desire as well. And so hopefully that was um, helpful for you this morning, understanding the, the two resurrections and the stages of that first resurrection, and uh, certainly this last verse here in Daniel chapter twelve uh, should be a challenge to all of us as we serve the Lord. Give Him your best today, and uh, those works will follow into um, into your new um, glorified body that we'll all be receiving. So, uh, anyway, the Lord bless you. Uh, you can be dismissed. We've got a uh, little over. Um, 10 minutes or so before the morning service. So you're dismissed.